0: Hello, film lovers. Yes, it's that time of the week again. Sit down, relax, pop in your headphones and whap out some popcorn. It is time for the Films I Love Most podcast. we are back for episode two of films i love most the podcast hello welcome and i am your presenter keith Uh, we've got so much coming up for you today we've got movie news of course my favorite film found for a pound i found a great one this week did you find any good films for a pound can't wait to find out uh, film I love most where I hand the podcast over to you so you can tell me what films you are watching at the moment and what you are enjoying and my oh my you did not disappoint me this week I have had some very interesting correspondence from all of you film lovers and I will be reading them out for you today um, of course we have reviews I will be reviewing Spider-Man as mentioned, and I will be reviewing Yesterday Today if you get my meaning. So yes, a lot's coming up. First, let's head over to myself for movie news. Hello, and welcome back to movie news. Um Yeah, so We've got quite a lot to talk about this week. Uh, Three main points of movie news that I'd like to discuss with you. Firstly, if, like me, you grew up with a brother who was a huge Arnold Schwarzenegger fan, then Terminator 2 was probably also a childhood movie of yours. Um, When everyone else was watching Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King, I was watching Arnold Schwarzenegger as the Terminator, saving the life of John Connor on a daily basis so i have a huge affinity for the terminator movies and recently the trailer for terminator dark fate was released Uh, my views on the on the trailer looks interesting i love that linda hamilton is back as sarah connor um you know again with a lot of these sort of more modern reinterpretations of the films they are jettisoning the Um, last few movies so I think Terminator 3 no longer exists and you know the other two Genesis that that didn't happen so you know which is a good thing because Genesis was a bad film so yeah it takes place after Terminator 2 the trailer looks interesting I mean it's visually stylistic which was what made terminator 2 so popular back in the day no one had really seen anything like that at the time arnie's back his appearance in the trailer looks quite gritty so i'm looking forward to seeing what they do with that character um have no idea of the storyline at the moment um the trailer doesn't really give much away but all i can hope for is that they handle it well um you know Mr Cameron is coming back as executive producer so you know the godfather the creator of the Terminator is back on board which I think was the reason why some of the latter Terminator films didn't work so well because they didn't have his input but fingers crossed with his input in Terminator Dark Fate maybe we'll get a better Terminator movie this time. Okay, and what else have we got? We've got a new Flash movie coming from Andy Muschietti, who's been announced as a possible director this week. Um, Again, The Flash was one of my childhood movies. Rented it all the time. I remember I rented it, I think, for my eighth birthday. Loved that film. Um, And it's been a very popular series. Probably going to be using the characters that have already been set up in the DC Universe movies fingers crossed that DC can actually pull out a good superhero movie this time. They haven't been able to do it since Wonder Woman, so um, I'm hoping that they you know, are getting a good group of writers on board. My main problem with the DC Universe is its reliance on CGI. Now I know that the Marvel Universe does that too, but at DC just don't have the plots and don't have the you know, there's not... The storylines just aren't as gripping and, you know, thorough as the Marvel Universe. DC just seemed very lazy. I just remember falling asleep at least twice during Superman Superman vs. Batman. Um, so let's hope that they pull their fingers out and deliver a fast, exciting, well-written Flash movie. Because that's what the DC Universe needs. Halloween came back last year again like the terminator films jettisoning a lot of the previous mythology behind the series so halloween last year took place directly after the original halloween movie well it was actually you know like 40 years after but it was a direct sequel to the original halloween film so, from Halloween 2 onwards, didn't happen. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis's character, Laurie Strode, was not Michael Myers' sister, as it turns out. Um, which, actually, you know, I thought was a bit of a mistake, because I liked that idea. But, yes, Halloween 2 is pressing ahead and is being written as we speak. So a sequel to last year's reinvention of the Halloween franchise is coming, which I think will be interesting because I really enjoyed the new Halloween film. I really just hope that they don't milk it and, you know, just because it did well and made some money that they don't try and sort of just reinvent that template again. I hope they do something very different with it. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is set to return as Laurie Strode again, so fingers crossed that they do something very well like written with her character, because even though I did like her in the last Halloween movie, I would have liked to have seen a bit more of the kick-ass Jamie Lee Curtis, the original Scream Queen. So yeah, Halloween 2 is filming, or being written as we speak, and will be out in... October next year. So that's something to look forward to. Okie dokie, let's have some correspondence from you then. Let's have a look what you've been saying to me this week. Dear Keith, really enjoyed your podcast last week. Thank you very much. Um, Just wanted to get your opinion on a couple of cinematic missteps recently. Okay. Men in Black, International and X-Men. I saw both and was deeply unimpressed. Has the summer blockbuster had its day? David in London. Interesting. So I haven't seen any of those films because I was warned off of them. Um, I've not really seen many of the X-Men movies. Maybe the first couple of the reinvention um, new, Like the New Order sort of X-Men movies But um, yeah, I've heard they were not very good And I have very, very, very fond memories of the very first couple of Men in Black films With Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones So I didn't really want to go and tarnish that memory by going to see this new film Which seemed to me just to be making money off of the back of the um, Marvel Universe success With its two stars. So, is it the end of the summer blockbuster? No, because look at Toy Story 4. It's doing very, very well. And I have no doubts that Spider-Man will break some box office record. But... um, Excuse my computer. Um, Yeah, I do think that those movies have failed because they're not original enough. A lot of people have said to me that the new X-Men film is pretty much the same storyline as X-Men: The Last Stand, which was a film that came out about 10 years ago. So the plots are not original enough. You know, Men in Black has a certain nostalgia for sort of my age group, but it's not enough to warrant them completely changing the cast and the concept behind you know, the Men in Black franchise, it's not gonna make money that way. The reason, the way they'd make more, more money with a Men in Black movie would be to bring back Will Smith and Tommy Lee Jones. But obviously, they don't wanna do that. So, it's not the end of the blockbuster, it's just they're not getting the blockbusters right at the moment. Oh, okay, let's get back to letters. So, um, Dick Keith, I've just returned from watching Toy Story 4, and I have to say, I was deeply unimpressed. Uh Uh-oh. The story was simple, and my favourite characters, i.e. Potato Heads, Rex, etc., had next to no screen time. Granted, Woody's storyline was heartwarming and well-handled, but uh, as a long-term Toy Story fan, they did let the characters down. That's from Mark in Canterbury. Um, Yeah, okay. I mean, there's no you know, shying away from the fact that Buzz and Rex, the potato heads, um, you know, didn't have much screen time and they are beloved characters. But the story wasn't about them. They had to be involved, obviously. I mean, Jesse Bullseye pretty much had like three lines in the whole film. They had to be involved because, you know, it's part of... The ongoing journey of the Toy Story franchise. But this was about Woody and saying... Oh, I'm going to spoil it. Hang on. Just, if you haven't watched it, go away for a minute. Okay, so it's about Woody, you know, saying goodbye to that character. And wishing that character well. And giving him a new sort of lease of life. And a new purpose in life after he lost Andy. So, yeah. If you've gone away, you can come back now. I'm not going to spoil anything else. Hello, welcome back. Um, So, I do agree with you that a lot of the characters were were not very well um, handled in Toy Story 4. But I will say that if there is a Toy Story 5, there is pretty much a lot of space for those characters to get more to do in that film. Now that are... Okay, go away again. Now that Woody is not with us. You can come back. Now it's time for movie reviews. Spider-Man, Spider-Man does whatever Iron Man can. Um, so, yes, here we go. The review for Spider-Man Far From Home. The reason why this week's podcast was slightly delayed so I could watch it. And pass on my opinion to you guys. Um, Yeah. Spider-Man Far From Home. Sequel to Spider-Man Homecoming. And probably a sequel to Endgame as well. Seeing there is a lot of. um, A lot of talking about the events of Endgame. I.e. the death of. Just in case you haven't seen it. But you probably all have seen it now. So fingers crossed you know what I'm talking about. Um, So it basically picks up quite soon after the end of end game and spider-man played by tom holland is a bit lost in the world feels a bit guilty feels a bit you know sort of pining for his old mentor not mentioning any names um and is decided to go on a science trip with the school with his friends to europe so off they go and whilst they're there They are attacked in various locations, including Prague and Venice, by creatures called the Elementals, which are made up of fire, water, earth um, and another one. One of them. Um, So, yes. So basically. To fight these Elementals, they are joined by Mysterio, a new character to the Marvel Universe, played by Jake Gillinghall and... Yeah I'm trying not to give any spoilers away that's the thing it's very difficult to give a review and not give any spoilers so I'm just going to tell you what I thought of it it's brilliant I mean you know everyone's still a little bit in endgame mode so at the end of endgame a lot of characters are displaced in various settings I would say that Spider Man's probably the only person who's back in his like, original setting where he was back at school with his friends. Not much has changed for his life, really, apart from the death of his <clears throat> mentor. And the film starts off setting up this concept of Peter Parker just wanting to get away and have a holiday and sort of leave Spider Man behind. But unfortunately, that's not the case because as events transpire he has to sort of come back with a vengeance it with the spider-man persona and here's a clip so nice to finally meet you spider-man you're nick fury put some clothes on let's go for a ride is he gonna be okay like that might want to turn him over so he doesn't swallow his tongue Nick Fury just hijacked our summer vacation. Awesome. you got gifts, Parker. But you have a job to do. Are you going to step up or not? You're all alone. Your friends are in trouble. What are you going to do about it? I would say that... Jake Gillinghall's character was probably a bit of a letdown for me. I was expecting, you know, something else from him his character. I thought that the deceit that they um, executed in Far From Home was sort of the same as in Iron Man 3, if you get what I'm saying, MCU fans. Um, Yeah, so that was a little bit disappointing, Jake, uh, Jake Gillinghall, even though his performance is very, very good. In fact, there is an a single performance in this that's lets anyone down including you know samuel jackson is back as nick fury he's incredible and um zendaya is um mj she's great she's the love interest although i'm gonna say i'm a little bit disappointed because there were rumors when spider-man came back in its new guise as tom holland that it was a possibility that peter parker could be part of the lgbt community And they haven't sort of gone down that road. And I think it's a bit of a shame because there is definitely room for that in the film. And I could see maybe that going in, you know, that direction, but they didn't sort of go there at all. And I thought that that was a bit disappointing because it's just retreading old ground. You know, every sort of generation that we've had of Spider-Man, it's sort of a similar story of him having a crush on mj and then them getting together then her finding out that he's spider-man so it's a bit repetitive they could have done something a little bit different with that but all in all i really enjoyed it and some of the set pieces are very very clever um visuals are obviously brilliant because this is the marvel universe it's nice to hear the little easter eggs coming through from previous movies still even though this is like a new phase they're still drawing very heavily on past movies, which I really, really liked. There's mentions of Iron Man. There's mentions of Captain America. Um, yeah, I love it. I love the the mythos now of the franchise and that they can draw on various um, other movies and characters to just, you know, get a giggle from the audience and make it a bit familiar, even though we have moved on. From Endgame, it's still a familiar universe, which you know is nice for us sort of long-standing fans. Stay for the end credits. Obviously, there's one I mean if you're a Marvel fan, you're going to anyway, but if you're not and you're just gonna go along because you love a bit of spidey action, just sit and wait for the first credit post-credit scene, which is brilliant. It literally turns everything on its head. And then the last one is very, very clever, very neat. Um, all I will say is that if you haven't watched probably the the last maybe two or three uh, Marvel movies, you might not get the end, like the very last post-credit sequence. So make sure you brush up on especially like Captain Marvel, Endgame, um, Infinity War before so that you can get the most out of it. That's my Spider-Man review for you. I'm giving Spider-Man Far From Home eight and a half out of ten. What are you going to say about that? Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Well, the troubles of Danny Boyle are far away because I saw yesterday, yesterday, you know what I mean, and um, I liked it. I thought it was good. It's a nice, solid comedy. Obviously, you know, you can't really go wrong with Danny Boyle and Richard Curtis, surely. And I walked in thinking, no, don't think like that, because you have been proved wrong on many occasions. But the film was solid. There are, I do have some um, niggles with it. I thought that the plot never sort of reached its height, I thought it flatlined quite quickly, sort of maybe an hour into the film, the whole concept of everybody forgetting who the Beatles were. Is you know, the whole setup was great, but the plot flatlined, but then near the end there was a scene where I actually cried. I w physical tears were running down my cheeks. And that's when the the storyline sort of pinnacled for me because I almost felt like that scene was written first and then the whole concept behind um you know the beat was being forgotten was thought up around that scene and you can sort of see that it was so good and anyone who has seen the film will know exactly what scene i'm talking about um the music's good performances are you know fantastic um himish patel who plays you know the struggling musician who you know is in a bus accident, he's hit by a bus um while I was on his bike just at the moment that there's a blackout and wakes up thinking he's the only person that remembers the Beatles. And here's a clip for you. I said something wrong now I long for yesterday. Oh when did you write that? I didn't write it. Paul McCartney wrote it. The Beatles. Who? Um, and Lily James, of course, is beautiful and plays a fantastic, you know, romantic lead. Um, I would say I enjoyed her performance probably the best. Um, I have a bit of an issue with that sort of love relationship because, you know, the characters have been friends for a very, very long time. And there's a scene in the film where she finally declares her feelings to him. And, you know, you're just thinking to yourself, hang on a minute. How have you not guessed that that's how she feels? Because it's pretty damn obvious. But, you know, men, what can you do, eh? Um, Yeah, and I think the most jarring part of the film for me was Ed Sheeran. I mean, he's not a very good actor. I mean, we we saw that in Game of Thrones. But, um, you know, he plays you know his part well but seeing that he's playing himself you would have thought he would have done it a little bit better so i would say out of all the performances i'd say that ed sheeran is definitely the um is the weakest and lily james and kate mckinnon are probably the best kate mckinnon playing a sort of um obsessed money obsessed manager who is very honest with you know the characters in the film she you know, says from the very beginning that she just wants to make loads of money and, you know, doesn't really give it doesn't really care about anything else. So I love the honesty of the characters in this film. They are very, very honest. Um Yeah, it's really solid film. It's not as good as Love Actually. It's not as good as Notting Hill. It probably won't go down in the same like category of those films of classics. But as a good, fun, interesting, romantic comedy, it works pretty well. So I'm going to give yesterday 8 out of 10. And a lot of those marks are purely for that scene near the end of the film, which when you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. Just some correspondence here from a question that i posed to you guys last week what movies do you watch when you're ill um we've had a couple here so claire from wood green she has said that the sound of music is the film that she goes to when she's poorly which you know that's a good one normally that's a christmas film for me but i can understand why it would make you feel better julie andrews can make anyone feel well again um what else we've got beetlejuice is another one um i discussed the beetlejuice musical last week but beetlejuice was quite a popular film to watch when you're ill probably because it's about death it just gives you some hope that if the fever does eventually take you that the underworld is quite fun um and what else there a blade runner was quite a popular one too a lot of people said that blade runner was a film they watched when they were poorly for a bit of comfort maybe the dystopian future were made everything just seem a little bit more glossy. So yes, thank you for your correspondence on that. And I'm going to pose another question to you now. If there was one film that you could watch in the cinema, so it could be, you know, an old film, it could be a film that you love that you just want to see on the big screen. What film would you like to see re released in the cinema? That is this week's question. You can contact me on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter using the hashtag Films I Love Most podcast. And, yeah, tell me what film you would like to see re-released on the big screen. Look! Come on! Captain Tiramisu, there's an X-Wing. We can just get in it and fly away back to Tatooine. Um, I am afraid you can't do that. Why? If we just get in to that X-Wing and fly off, then we'll be safe. Um, there is still one hour and 45 minutes left of the movie. So if you get in the X-Wing and fly off to safety, uh, I'm not sure there's enough plot to be able to sustain the rest of the film. we could be safe wouldn't it be better if you just turned around and ran back into the Death Star back into the face of danger just you know to continue the plot a little bit Star Wars Episode 10 the plot goes on There's so much for you to get involved with. So on Facebook, um, Twitter and Instagram at the moment, there is a competition for you. So if you go on there and all you need to do is write your favourite movie quote underneath the post, it's one of those is going to be selected at random and you can win a Blu-ray from the Bog of Eternal Stench. So I have a big selection of Blu-rays here that, um, you know it's hit and miss i'm not gonna lie to you it's hit and miss we will be reviewing a movie from the book of eternal stench every week but you could win one so please please get on um facebook instagram and twitter comment on your favorite movie quotes and you could end up winning a blu-ray surprise (laughs) So now it is time for film I love most. This is where I hand over to you guys so you can tell me what films you love. And I have some written correspondence this week. And this is written from Edith in Kent. Dear Keith, the film I love most is Ghostbusters. I remember being about seven years old and my dad telling me that he was taking me to see ghostbusters i was so excited and it didn't disappoint it was a little scary for me especially the library ghost at the beginning with news of a third movie coming next year i hope it can live up to the ghostbuster legacy who are you gonna call ghostbusters yeah i mean i love ghostbusters again for me i remember being Very, 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 very young when I saw Ghostbusters 2. I think I watched that first. Um, And then I went back and watched the first movie. It is really scary. That library ghost at the beginning is nightmare-inducing. And even the slimer section in that film is very scary. But it's such a good ensemble film. You know, like, all those guys in that film are great. Bill Murray, especially, obviously, is an absolute legend in that film. Um, And it got the balance of horror and comedy and adventure and action film just right. And I think that, you know, if you're from my generation, you can't look at a marshmallow without thinking of the Puff Marshmallow Man walking down, you know, Times Square. It's just iconic. And yes, it's true, there is a third film coming out Next year, which apparently has the whole cast back together again, including Sigourney Weaver, which is going to be incredible. So, fingers crossed that they can sort of make that film again with the balance. I mean, I do feel quite bad actually for the um, female led Ghostbusters that we had a couple of years ago because I think it was given a bit of a bad deal. Um, I mean, it's not a good film, you know. retrospect it isn't but at least they could have given it maybe a sequel just to like you know show that it had some potential but I understand that they want to go back to their grassroots and get the franchise back on track again and I'm very excited of that because you know I like Edith I do love the Ghostbusters and I would call them at any time. Now, well, here we go then. Film found for a pound. Or if I was to go back to my Essex roots, film found for a pound. Yes. Um, this week was quite easy for me. I went into a local charity shop and there on a nice little stand was a selection of DVDs for a pound and one stood out immediately and it was Drive, starring Ryan Gosling. And I grabbed it Paid my pound, gave my bit to society, took it home, gave it a watch and it's still as good as I remember it. I always remember the story as well that when the film was released a woman took the directors to to court to say that there wasn't enough driving in the film, there wasn't enough car action. Um, obviously, this film came out around the time that the f- um, Fast and the Furious was quite successful, so people were expecting to go and see it and have that sort of movie. But it wasn't that at all, and pe- some people weren't happy. And a woman sued the, you know, the company and won. She won money because there wasn't enough driving in Drive. That's crazy. Um, so, yeah. I mean, don't do that. That's stupid. You know, this woman obviously has a lot more time on her hands than most of us. But it's such a good film. The performances are great. The story is dark. Some of it is disturbing. If you have a nervous disposition, I would steer away from this film as much as you can. See what I did there? Um, But it is a classic. And I think that a lot of people will look back on um, Drive and see it as maybe this generation's taxi driver. Because it is definitely within those... That league. Um, Yes. Yeah, so... My film found for a pound this week is Drive. What was yours? I've had some correspondence here. The Thing. That's a great film. Found for a pound. At, um, do do Little Miss Sunshine. Found for a pound. Perfect. Mary Poppins Returns. Found for a pound in the charity shop. That was from my sister. She texted me saying she'd found it. She was very excited. So, yeah, I mean, get in those charity shops. Now, I did have one p- bit of correspondence from somebody who said, did you know that in CEX, they sell films for 50p? Now, I know that. So you could technically, technically get two films for a pound. But I don't want you to do that because the whole, you know, concept behind this is getting into charity shops, giving some money to charity and buying your film found for a pound so please try not to steer away from those stores that are selling those very 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 cheap dvds try and get into charity shops and buy them there because not only are you getting a bargain but you're also helping charities which is very important watch your film found for a pound this week guys let me know on instagram facebook and twitter So that is your lot from me this week, movie fans. You have sapped me dry. Um, Thank you very much for uh, joining me for episode two of the Films I Love Most podcast. And I do apologise if I have sounded a bit gruff this week. Um, I have got a bit of a summer cold. But hopefully next week I'll be able to come back speaking a few more decibels higher than usual but thank you very much for sticking with me i hope you found this week's interesting please don't forget to get in contact i can't do this show without you um you can contact me on instagram facebook and twitter just search for films i love most podcast yeah and i can't wait to speak to you next week it's gonna be amazing i can give you one little hint about what i'll be talking about next week midsummer new horror movie which i'm going to see next week just so that i can review it for you i hope you're grateful but um, i'm very looking forward to it and i will be reviewing it on next week's podcast so don't forget get in touch with me and i shall see you later alligator bye